Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of none other than Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 66 of Amateur Hour. A an important episode, I would say. Uh, I mean, the Celtics are in the finals, and I know we talked about it last week, but it just it. I you know one of my favorite things was seeing the Celtics logo in all gold. I mean, that just it looked fantastic. Uh, so the we have so hate, the one thing I hate, Max. Uh, before we get to it, the one thing I hate is how the 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 sponsor or the ad in the front of the jersey. You can't. It used to be like when you had the finals jersey, like the finals logo was there. Yeah, but now it's on the back of jerseys, and I hate it because like it, it just there's there's something iconic about a finals jersey and it being the Nike logo or whatever the like the jersey maker was, and then on the other side the finals logo. Like if I oh, think of straight, like you know Vista yeah. Print really paid a lot of money for that spot. So. Really takes precedence over the finals logo. <laughs> It's not just a once in a you know once a year really important event that t- literally only two teams get to. No, no, no. Can you imagine? It's Vista like, Prim. I'm th- I'm trying to think of like the the weirdest sponsor for the for an NBA team. Uh they had Loves the the like weird gas station for OKC. Oh, uh, that's a gas station. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. That's so funny. Can you well? Can you imagine? Yeah, like yeah. It's, a, it's loves. Loves is like a convenience store gas station. I saw them when I was driving through Oklahoma, moving out here to Arizona, and I was like, "That's what that is." Literally, it's just like a, a south, south, southwest uh, gas station. It's the it's the Cumberland Farms of Oklahoma. <laughs> and well, for those of you that don't know Cumberland Farms, that's like the premier gas station of Massachusetts slash New England. Yeah, loves travel stops and country stores. Wow. <laughs> they I love when people say that it's a country store. You're like, what does it mean? They're like, well, we just got a bunch of knickknacks. And yeah, yeah Motorola. <laughs> Motorola sponsors two teams in the NBA. Who? The Indiana Pacers and the Bucks. They're they're the two jersey sponsors. Really? That's what I'm looking up. Yeah, that's what it seems like. That's kind of crazy. Motorola making a comeback like that. They play, they shelling out big bucks to, to sponsor two jerseys. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get, yeah, Motorola. Wow. LA Clippers. What uh, was it? Weren't the Clippers sponsored by Bumble at one point? Yeah. Last, uh, uh, ended in 2020. Now it's Honey, the, um, the extension that gives you coupons and stuff. Bumble just couldn't keep up. Bumble couldn't keep up. You got Cavs sponsored by Goodyear. That makes sense. That, that I feel like that's been around for. You a got while. all the you got all the crypto sponsorships. Oh, like, the Weeble on the on the Nets. Yeah. Weeble and Philadelphia 76ers is Crypto.com. Crypto.com has its own stadium and the like Crypto.com Arena. Shelling out money. Can you imagine if crypto ever went down? What like? <laughs> It basically did. It, it, yeah. Like, yeah. They're, but they're still paying money. Can you imagine if there was just like a complete downfall of crypto and like all these guys that are sponsoring everything, all the ads, all the, you know what I mean? Getting the name out there. They literally have a stadium. 
Like that's gonna look, reflect so poorly on the team. <laughs> they gonna have to. They went staples for like fifteen, uh, fifteen, twenty years or whatever, and then like two year period of crypto dot com, and then oh well. <laughs> Let's get another. Uh oh, <laughs> some more longevity on the next name. <laughs> you got Qualtrics for the Utah Jazz. What is that? Qualtrics is that um, it's a survey platform. Like you can make surveys and like the it's used a lot in research and uh, like branding surveys and marketing and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was surprised too. I was like, I didn't think Qualtrics had uh that type of weight in the world as well, especially in the NBA. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. Ultimate Kronos group. <laughs> no clue. No clue. No. What is, what is storm X and dial pad? And <laughs> yo, there's some ones that I'm like, how? <laughs> and also like United wholesale mortgage. Just <laughs> the, 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 pist- the pistons are like praying someone sponsors them. They're like, please, <laughs> please. The we'll company's it. like, well, I guess. We'll take Eddie. You know, but. Detroit's really on the up and coming, guys. You, you should buy a house here. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the young guys we have. <laughs> like, Eminem really turned the city around. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. what. <laughs> he, he, he's still the king. <laughs> Party like it's 2004. <laughs> and then, the, yeah. Oh, my God. Lending tree. Yeah, there's some weird, just weird. And then the Atlanta Cox, share care. What is share care? Healthcare. Cool. Oh, healthcare. Oh. I mean that's yeah. I mean that's fine. It's just the Z- random it's the random one. Or you went to say Zenny Optical? I was about to say Zenny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Whoa, know. Wait, no no no, Shrey, I think I found the weirdest one. LA Lakers, Bibigo, South Korean food brand. It's a South Korean food brand? No, what wait, I didn't even know. Wait, let me see this. Huh. <laughs> oh, they do um oh, they're like uh an American made Korean food uh like like products and stuff. That is that is okay. They got the money. Huh? Wait, the Grizzlies don't have one? Oh, it it's ended this year? Thing. Yeah. Oh. Bibigo. I wonder what the that's literally what's on the Lakers. The, the Grizzlies are gonna be like, um, <laughs> they're gonna be like, uh, uh, what's his name? One of the Lakers. Look at I'm on Bibigo's website right now, just for everybody's reference. And there's just a picture of LeBron in the jersey with the Bibigo logo, and he looks more than upset. <laughs> I'm saving like, this. I'm gonna throw they, this they, on Instagram. They took the picture after the season ended. <laughs> they're like, they're like LeBron. You gotta go do the sponsorship. Oh, man. LeBron, say Russell Westbrook. Do you think no? Russ officially requested a trade, right? No, I oh. don't think so. Okay, so he's. Still I don't there. think so. Well, he's he's definitely opting in. He has what forty seven million on his next year of his deal, the last year of his deal. Something crazy. I would. Something crazy. I would take that. That's like John. Would you take? Would you take would you take forty-seven million to be called West Brick and "quote unquote" disrespected and putting uh, put a shameful cloud over your family? Yes, <laughs> it's too much. I would. <laughs> I, I, I would. Yeah, I, of course. <laughs> forty-seven million of to course. to get made fun of every day. Absolutely. Because I have you forty-seven already, million. And dude, and Westbrook could just say whatever he wants too. 
Like he literally he he said he's had comebacks before to anyone that talks crap about him. So what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like literally, people expect it, so he can. <laughs> I don't see why it's a big deal. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have some highs, some lows, some game one, some Draymond Green, and some Adam Silver, and a shortened NBA season possibility to discuss today. So as we jump right into these topics. We're going to start with nothing else but the weekly highs. The weekly highs. All right, folks. So I've got the weekly highs this week and the my sports weekly high. And I, I really like that the NBA does this. My sports weekly high is that Gary Payton Jr., Gary Payton the second, Gary Payton II, I believe it was this week, won the very first it's new title but it's it's an award that's been around the bob lanier uh community assist award which i think it's a great concept i think it's a great way to like reward these guys i mean seeing these guys give back to different communities different causes starting their own foundations i think that's awesome and uh yeah. gary payton won this year seems like a really stand-up guy he had a breakout season too um and so he he won it for his work with children with learning disabilities which I just, I, it's just fantastic all around. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's something that's not stated enough. You know, a lot of, because sure you hear they're like, oh, these guys are millionaire brats. Uh, a lot of them came from little to nothing. And now that they're at a point of like, you know, being financially stable and have the ability to give back, they actually do. I mean, that's, that's really great to see. Yeah. And they find causes that are like, they 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 want to provide their services their money funding to right um because it's affected them at some point or in some way in their lives and uh you can see how many the breadth of causes because of the breadth of experiences that these players go through in all sports too so it's really it's really nice to see them get rewarded for that yeah seriously seriously um so yes props to gary payton ii uh, his dad was a baller and he's a baller too, mm. uh, both on and off the court. Yes. Uh, now my personal weekly high is, uh, I started playing with a new basketball team and a new league and I, uh, we, <laughs> it was one, the most fun that I've ever had, uh, playing basketball, like on the team in a while. Nice. Uh, this is by far the best team, but our first game, we beat the other team. By 105 to 33. I saw it on IG Max. I was stunned. I had to, I had to come. I normally don't message people back on IG stories, but when I saw that score, I was like, were you playing 2K? Like, is this real? It was literally a 2K <laughs> game. And that's the thing is, is you could people, you know, some people are like, oh, that team must have been trash. They weren't the best. They kept trying. They never gave up, too. So they were, like, always trying to play defense, and they were always trying to play offense. But the other thing, too, is that in 40 minutes, scoring 105 on a non-pro level, that's pretty good. That's pretty crazy. How many minutes are the quarters? Uh, So it's two 20-minute halves. Like, uh, wow. Would be, yeah. 40 minutes for uh, the amount you scored is a lot. And no clock stop. So oh just, wow! You, you just play twenty minutes straight through. Don't doesn't stop on free throws. Doesn't stop on out of bounds. Like it just it doesn't stop on free throws. No, no, wow. not until the last two minutes. Oh wow! Um, okay. 
105 to 33. So pretty good. And we, in the first half, we only shot like four threes. That's the crazy. ball was fly. The ball, we were literally playing 2K. We were playing 2K. That's that crazy. The ball, what, uh, what did you end up? Did you know your stat line? Uh, stat line, I had, uh, I was 10, 6. I don't know how many assists. I had a couple. I had a couple assists because the ball was just moving. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, I, I got assists by literally by like default because they just yeah. make the extra pass. Somebody drains a shot and you're like, awesome. Um, yeah. But I was 10, 6. And then two blocks. One of them off the glass felt fantastic. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. This guy tried to go up for a floater. I came like from the side and just, oh. Oh, Max, you got to, one, one day you got to, um, you got to do that. Who was it? John Morant that did it? Or somebody where he like, oh, the double it. hand? The double hand grab off the glass, like the, just pick it like an apple. If I could jump. Like John Morant, absolutely. That guy's got a vert of like it feels like he's got like a fifty-six inch vert. That's I feel insane. like you'd be able to do it if, uh, if it was like right at the bottom. Like if someone didn't get the right angle, get I feel it like high you could up pick enough. It. Yeah, I feel like you could pick it right off the glass. Yeah. Okay. I'll put that. You hit the uh, glass higher. You hit the glass. I think you. I think you're uh, disrespecting your own hops right now, but I think you could get right up, right up there. <laughs> I, I definitely yeah that that'd be fun and just any block off the glass though feels great it's it's, it's just a, such a rejection it's a yeah like every time i see robert williams do it i'm like dang like that <laughs> like that's some force that's a, that is some force so my yeah, only thing is like if it's in play the hope is it doesn't go right back to the other team and you're already like off the block you're trying to like r- rotate and it's tough. Because, yeah. 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 Then you're like, oh, this block just went for nothing. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like that. I feel like that happens. But again, the team was so well oiled that like all of these plays, the defense did not stop throughout the entire game. I mean, it just, I had a blast. So yeah. that, that's my weekly high. All right. So how about them lows? <laughs> the lows. Yeah, Max. Let's uh, let's start with uh, my personal low, and that is the pollen level around around these here parts that I live in. Um, is ridiculous. Like yesterday, I was walking Max, and I literally like you know when I walk, there's like a there's like a trail near where I live where I can just like it's nice little you know nature. Gotta love nature. Um, and I literally, it was like the sun was coming down and it was, it was so hazy that I thought there was like smog or fog or something. Yeah. And only when I like walked through it, I could see like little pollens, like stick on the hairs of my arm and stuff. And I was like, holy crap, that whole like haziness in the air right between the trees was just all pollen. It's ridiculous. I, we've gotten like literally like the like our car has gotten like pollen showered where it's just like green oh over the car it's been ridiculous the past couple of weeks and uh having seasonal allergies especially around this time i was gonna say really do you have bad. allergies yeah. oh I, yeah it gets bad like there's times where i think i'm like sick because yeah like i think i have a cold because of the allergy uh the allergen level I was like, holy crap, I'm so glad I took my pill on time, my like allergy pill on time. Because if I if I take it like 
a half hour or earlier before I go out, I'm done. Like it's not enough time to like actually work through my system. Like if it's like really bad, I got to take it like an hour, an hour and a half before I go out because really? yeah, because otherwise it just doesn't work fast enough. Like it's like, so I, I'd be like still sneezing. I would have taken an allergy medicine. I would have wasted an allergy medicine pill and gone out outside. and been like, hush, hush, hush. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hush, I'm good. Hush. Yeah, I would have been like just, that. You just can't even enjoy yourself at that point. Yeah, like, it's it's bad. It's bad. I literally was shocked. I've not seen this much pollen over an extended period of time in the air than I have over the past couple of days. Um, makes me not want to go outside for a little bit. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah. Wow. So going on to my sports low, uh, it's something that I actually saw yesterday. Uh, just a clip of it. Obviously, I'm not watching a Phillies game, but <laughs> who is? Rip. Um, there's uh, the Phillies third baseman, Alec Bohm, um, on a strikeout yesterday, got so frustrated in the clip that he was like banging his bat against the side of the dug, the inside of the dugout, just like banging over and over and over again and cut up his hand pretty badly because of it. So he got his hand all bloody. Um, oh. And everyone was like, everyone was like, even um, uh, the tweets I was seeing was all, were all like, even the, the Phillies can't even get like temper tantrums right. So it's like. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> like, you've played yourself. <laughs> like, it's like uh, what I think of, what I think of legendary, like dugout tantrums and stuff. Um, that is not one of them that I will be thinking about. When I, <laughs> like, I think about when Ortiz uh, was playing, when Boston was playing the Orioles one year, and Ortiz took his bat and literally smashed the dugout phone just, like, repeatedly. He just, like, cracked that thing off the off the stand. I was like, and then he went out and he started yelling at the ump and stuff. I think of, I think of stuff like that. Um, but cutting up your own hand while getting angry and slamming your bat against the ground. Uh, yeah, that kinda, really is jokes on, jokes that is a on has, you. Yeah, hashtag epic fail right there. A hashtag epic <laughs> fail. I mean, are, are, do are baseball players allowed to explode like that? Like, is that just common practice? Oh, it happens. Yeah, it happens where they like, you remember how, well, like it happens in every sport. And I, if you're not like hurting somebody else, like I feel like people won't do anything. They kind of like leave you alone when you get into a temper tantrum and stuff. Cause they expect you to cool Just down. Just let them cool down. Yeah. Like remember when, uh, Amari Stoudemire punched the, what was it? The fire extinguisher thing. And he broke his hand. Oh yeah. The glass. He, he like punched the glass of the, the fire alarm or the fire extinguisher or something. And he broke his hand. It was out six weeks. Oh, when, uh, Enos Cantor, remember he punched the chair, Enos freedom. Yeah. He punched yep. the chair and uh, he broke like a bone. He broke his like a bone in his forearm or something. Or when uh, my cousin Kyle punched a hole in the drywall and then couldn't do uh, couldn't drink Monster or do uh, BMX tricks for like <laughs> four weeks, dude. It's just it keeps happening. I don't know why. I don't know dang, why. Dang cousin Kyle, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Got something to talk about? <laughs> I'm fed up. Yeah, no, I Okay. All right. So I guess if you're not allowed cuz yeah, I, I uh, Well, cuz baseball I, baseball the one thing is like don't most of the decisions rely on one umpire? 
Yeah, yeah, but depending on what side of the like they'll confer in some cases, but, yeah, but it's got to be you only have like the foul ball guys and then the one that's behind the uh, catcher, right? No, and then you got you got one in the uh, outfield in the in the middle of the field, right where like the shortstop second baseman is. Okay, you that's got one right there. so he's like making calls to second base, but it's yeah, it's, but they don't um, go to instant replay, right? Uh. <laughs> I feel like they they? haven't a lot this year, but they do have it. I feel like a lot of the calls are coming from, uh, whatever the I forgot. I forgot what the headquarters is, but like they're coming in through the earpiece. But they still, they still kind of confer. They're like, okay, let's check. They don't, they don't have like a screen. I think so. They just kind of like stand near one, like the dugout or something, and wait for the the signal from, uh, whoever's watching up in the booth, like, and stuff like that. But You've got the green light, Chief. Yeah, but no, but this Throw was this a, man out. But this call, but this was like he swung. He st- he struck out swinging. So it was nothing to like uh, confer about or anything. It wasn't like a contentious so he was just, call. He was just mad. He was just okay. heated. Yeah, he was just heated, and he 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 tried to take it out and look like a boss, but uh, cut his hand, cut his hand up <laughs> in the process. Oh, you fool! <laughs> you fool! All right. Well, speaking of. Uh, you're really just trying to transition here. I don't know how, how we can go from cut, cutting your own hand up into a Celtics victory. Um, how about cutting? Well, lead? if we said yes, there we go. If we're talking about cutting things, cutting a lead, and having a forty to sixteen quarter game one, people, game one. Now, if you had the privilege of watching this game, it was fantastic basketball. Straight, I watched it from start to finish, and I was like, I am just happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. When the Warriors made great plays, I was like, that's a great play. When the Celtics made great plays, I'm like, that's a great play. Obviously, my heart is in it for the Celtics. But when the Warriors were up in the third, I didn't throw a tantrum. But I also didn't say, I wasn't like, oh, the Celtics are out. I I did not foresee the incredible comeback they they were about to make. But they were only down 12 going into the fourth. I was like, this, you know, if we do all right. Um, I mean, that third quarter got bad. I keep forgetting, though. I think in the moment... In the moment, I keep forgetting that the Celtics, whenever they have a bad third quarter, they always bring up the intensity in the fourth. I feel like it's not a great recipe to follow in that. Well, this year. Yeah, this year. And especially in the playoffs. Previously, we'd have bad third quarters go down by double digits and then. (laughs) Not have enough, yeah. Crap the bed, yeah. Yeah, not have enough. But yeah, especially this year in this playoffs, we've been able to bounce back from bad third quarters. And. It's a recipe that I feel like, although it's been working, I don't like because like, why why do we need the why do we need to be down to get back up? You know what I mean? Well, we talked about it last week. Um, if you guys have not listened to episode sixty five yet, definitely check that out. We talked about it last week, and we we discussed how the Celtics they play their best when they're in the hot seat, when they don't yeah. have the pressure of, you know elimination or really losing a game they tend to just kind of like sit on their hands and not play as well um and we've seen that time and time again and i I agree with you Shrey. that's not a it's not a recipe for success i mean it's cool that they can bounce back it's great but that's not going to happen every time right especially against such a talented warriors team i mean yeah let's think about let's think about just how the game started the chef himself goes six for six Man, they left him wide open on some of those too, especially in the transition 
where yeah. he literally I, I didn't see a man within 10 feet of him in some of these threes. And I was like, I was like, you do the, you do know that Steph Curry, right? The <laughs> greatest shooter of all time. <laughs> like, like literally I saw some great memes is like Celtics new lockdown defensive strategy. It's Derek white way under, like at the free throw line, <laughs> Steph Curry's at like the top and just, just, he's like, just goes to shoot. You can't. You can't let him. You can't let him go in there. I don't know. What you're, I still, I still had fun watching the game, though. My, my, oh, for I, sure. I love the Warriors. You know, it's. I mean, everybody's like, God, have the Celtics win so we don't have another Warriors chip. Like, please. But it's really, me, you've you've heard a lot of that. I've heard. I've heard some people oh, talk about that. I've seen way more. Everybody's everybody's not rooting for Boston except people in Massachusetts and. Really? And yeah, people want this Warriors team to win, I feel like. I've seen a lot more of that where they're like all on the Warriors. People like this Warriors team and it feels like <laughs> that whole era of Durant in the in the big 3 and that whole it's thing. It's over. It's so just like it, this whatever this team has done has completely washed over what people felt about the Warriors teams in the past. Right, and I feel like right. they're like, they're like, Oh no, we love the Warriors. Look at what they've done. Um, not knowing that three years ago, they're like, we hate the Warriors. What the, f-? like, <laughs> like, what, like, why did they keep, why did they keep coming back? <laughs> hmm. um, well, so it's crazy. I think yeah. for anybody try when it was Cleveland Warriors for four years in a row. I mean, come on. It was from 20, 20- 15 15 to, to 2018 2018 yeah wow so 2015 16 16 17 18, 18. Yeah, yeah four years in a row crazy yeah cleveland won one in 2016 because that was a 73 and 9 team they came back from 3-1 and then the warriors won next two and the warriors yeah. won the first one yeah yeah and then the warriors, I mean, went, anybody, warriors went back in 2019 and the raptors won that so raptor Warriors have been in the finals a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, so actually, Trey, I think I'm hypothesizing here. I think it's just based off of where I live. The Warriors and the Suns are pretty much like Western Conference rivals. Yeah. Um, since the Suns have gotten really good. Yeah. You know, having having like battled throughout this year, last year and all that stuff, you know, it's it's definitely um, you look at it. And I think a lot of these Suns fans are like, I, I will take the Celtics over the Warriors. That's, that, that's what that's what I'm saying. But then it, uh, it's also the argument of people are like, oh, well, I like winners. I like a winning dynasty. A lot of people's kids are picking the Warriors as their favorite teams, I guess, because they're like, I, I want to root for they're somebody who Steph, can win. They're all Steph fans. Yeah, uh, dude, I'm a Steph fan, too. I well, yeah, lose. no, what I'm saying is it's, it's it's easy to be a Steph fan, but that's like the first person that comes up when you talk to a kid about um, who, who are they like a fan of, like first NBA player like right now. It's either. It's really like not even much LeBron. It's more Steph now. Like who? Like coming up, who? Who? Like if you talk to a kid now, you feel like who's your bet favorite NBA player? I feel like a lot of kids would say Steph. He's just an easy guy to root for. Yeah, because he's he's got a great attitude, great personality. He's got mojo. He's got swagger. He looks yeah. like he's out there having fun. Yeah, you know, that's great. <laughs> My favorite player. <laughs> Kyrie Irving. 
Who do you think people's James Harden? Who's the kid that's James Harden? Who's the kid that is their favorite player is James Harden? Oh, are you talking about the meme? The one meme. There's a meme meme? where there's a kid where is James James Harden's favorite uh, is their favorite player. I know some James Harden stands. Like now, now there's a kid on my Wednesday team who. I was talking about Philly, and I was like, dude, James Harden did not help them at all. And he, he literally got mad. He's like, what are you talking about, dude? And I was like, you're, <laughs> telling me, you're telling me James Harden played well? And he's like, dude, it's not his fault. Like, he X, Y, Z. And I was like. <laughs> Yo, I've never heard of a James Harden defender. I literally said, I was like. <laughs> straight, it was unbelievable. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, what about when he left Brooklyn? He's like, dude, he had to get out of that situation. It was really bad. I was like, my brother in Christ. Dude, it was so... Anyway, so yeah, so game one, I, I, I mean, I, I got to give the Celtics props because here's the thing is, yes, they might have gone down, but the mental resilience mm-hmm. and the ability for everybody to hit their shots, Al Horford, Al Goatford, Daddy Horford, I mean, Christ, whatever you want to call him, he is awesome. And he's easy to root for, too. For sure. He's Max, a great guy. Max, yes. I want to bring up, though, the reason why we won that game wasn't Al Horford, although he was great. It wasn't Derek White, although he was great. It okay. was Jalen Brown. Jalen yes. Brown is the reason that we won that game. Max, I want to I want to read out a stretch. He was Jalen X. <clears throat> Jalen X. He was the <laughs> X factor for sure. He um I want to read out the stretch, Max, to start the fourth quarter. Okay. Of these are the these are the scoring plays. For the Celtics to start the fourth quarter. Okay. So start of the fourth, Celtics are down 80 to 92. Okay. So they're down 12, right? Derek White hits the free throws. They were down 14. He at the end the of the third. Yeah. At the end of the third, they're yep. down 12 at the end of the uh, start of the fourth, right? All right. Brown, two pointer. Brown, three pointer. Will, uh, Williams, Robert Williams, two pointer. Brown assisted on it. Peyton Pritchard, two pointer. Brown assisted on it. Brown, three-pointer. Brown, two-pointer. Pritchard hit a three. White, three-pointer. Brown assisted. White, three-pointer. Brown assisted. So at the end of that stretch, the game is tied 103 to 103 with five minutes and 40 seconds left in the fourth. So he assisted or scored on one, two, three, four, five, six, eight of the eight of the first nine Celtics hoops the only one was Peyton Pritchard's three the only one was Peyton Pritchard's three wow so that is impressive to bring them back like that right when you know Tatum's having an off night offensively right he's moving the ball well they're still doubling him right because you don't want I'm giving Tatum all the props though he did exactly he filled that role I mean he didn't have to shoot 17 shots that I'm a little like okay but I mean that comes with the territory because of the territory. Shoot. Right, right, right. He's, but 13 assists, a yeah. game one record from a guy who is averaging like six or seven assists throughout these playoffs. I mean, that's the difference maker. I don't remember him ever, ever having this many assists in any game. I mean, that's yeah. a point guard right there. That's a point guard. That's like, a, those, those are Chris Paul, literally like, those are table setter numbers. That's floor general numbers. So I will, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Because when 13 I look assists? at I would. well, yeah. So, but when I look at the assists, it's making the right play almost 
more more about him you know not holding the ball and not taking the first shot and moving the ball and it happened that people were hitting shots like i wouldn't say many of those assists were like like the crispest bounce passes you know what i mean like he's in he's in double teams he's coming he, and he's moving the ball he's not holding on to it and getting the ball stolen from right he had 13 assists to two turnovers i think that is more impressive than the 13 assists is that he's moving the ball and people are making shots but he's not turning the ball over at the same time right that's even crazier is that assist to turnover ratio like i wouldn't say yeah. like the quality of assist was like no, something no, no, superior no, no. but no but the fact that he's moving the ball without turning the ball over is that's the thing that's the thing that i really commend him for well, no, you're right, Stray, and, and and I guess when I said point guard, floor general, and stuff, you're right. He's not making like crazy passes, but yeah. in my book, to still get 13 assists, even if they're like simple chess passes every For single sure. time, that means that you're reading the the defense enough and getting your guys to a certain spot. Because I mean, the Celtics didn't shoot perfect, you know, but that means that exactly like you said, that when he saw that he was doubled, boom, make the pass, or like he saw again an open Al Horford, boom, make the pass. Yeah, he had a lot of you know? driving kicks. Um, I think he knew that people you obviously when Jason Tatum's driving, you have to collapse, right? Whether he's on it or not. You can't it's like LeBron. If LeBron is driving, even if he's having an off shooting day, you're not gonna let LeBron have an easy like lane to the rim, right? So he's had a he had a bunch of drives where they had to collapse on him just to make sure. And who is left open on the like the kick is Al Horford or Peyton Pritchard who, you know, make, and then Tatum gets the hockey assist. Right. So like he he's able to kick and then they're able to make the right play afterwards. But Tatum is the one that really started off that play by making the right move by driving and not, you know, forcing up a shot, understanding that people are going to collapse onto him and the corner three, if they shoot it or if they do it, if they make the, the secondary pass, is going to be open all the time. Right. So that's that's really smart of Tatum to do is make sure that the movement is is it's based on what's actually happening. It's not he has a direction with what he's doing. Right? He has a purpose. And that's what right. I felt even when his shot wasn't falling. Like and he missed a lot of open looks too, Max. Like uh, yeah, I would shot, take, no, his shot, his shot was not good. Yeah, like, he I, did have some that were like robbery. Like I watched a couple shots that literally went in Oh, the air, but that was really bad. The, the, the beginning, that was some nerves. He could, you definitely saw the nerves at the beginning. Uh, you have to take that into account, right? I mean, and that's where you see Jordan Poole, who's not performing as well. Uh, Kaminga didn't even play. I mean, you see these newer guys. The pressure of the finals is a real thing. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, okay, I, I played well. I know I have the ability, but yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. Everything is here. Yeah. You know? And I think that's great. I mean, if we could keep Poole within his head, within himself, um, or within his head, kind of outside of himself, if we can keep that, you know, tertiary or quad, quadidiary, because, you know, Wiggins is there. If, if we can keep that quaternary, right? Is that what quaternary? If that tertiary or quaternary threat in Jordan Poole, if we can keep that kind of suppressed without yeah. having to do much, I think that's great. You know, he didn't shoot a lot of shots. Yeah. Yeah, and he had what nine points at the end of it uh, on some something like that. Yeah. yeah, I have a question for you, Max. Yeah, it's I've been hearing a lot after this game, after this first game, that the Celtics 
style of defense, right? Especially their their way of defending Curry was to almost make him run around, try to get those threes, and then kind of tire him out and or you know what I mean? Like they kind of left him open so that the the other players like Thompson and and Green and Poole didn't really get going. Do you feel that that was those were mistakes made by the Celtics? Or do you feel more like the end game was to make Curry the only effective scorer and kind of leave everyone else out of it? Um, are you asking me if I thought what they were doing was like intentional or? Y- yeah, yeah. Over the over the course of the game, not really like obviously you don't want him to hit six threes at the beginning, but he ended he started with what twenty one in the first quarter and he ended with thirty four. Like, do you feel yeah. like it was more like if Curry gets going, he's gonna get going. Let's make sure that he he doesn't get anyone else going as well, right? And kind of have him be the the guy that if he's gonna get his, he's gonna gonna get his. You know what I mean, like. Do you think well, that was intentional? He's going to get his regardless, but yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. You know, we let we let the ball go into Andrew Wiggins. We let the ball go to him. We let him shoot some threes. He was two for he was two for seven from downtown. I think it was. I'll I'll check that. But yeah, it was he, it was something like that. Like he he was not he did not shoot great. Um, and and that's you know we made sure that we contained Clay, made sure that we contained Poole, made sure that we contained Draymond. Uh, obviously Draymond isn't a scorer, but he can really, again, set the table for a lot of people and make the right play and make the hustle play. Um, So I think the effort to, you know, keep all that stuff. uh, Yeah. To keep that contained and let Curry just kind of go. And I think, I I think that's a good strategy. And I also think that try and have Curry. I mean, he's, he's in such great shape, you know, and he's used to just running around for all these shots. Um, and he can also beat you single-handedly. I, I don't know if that's incredibly wise, but I do like the idea of taking everybody else off the board. Uh, yeah, I think I think you do your best to kind of run him around, tire him out, because he if he's running off of screens all game, no matter your stamina, it is going to be like we look at Jimmy Butler, right? He's making all these plays for himself in that game seven. But he played that whole game when he had to, and it it tired him out. So it's going to tire like the best player out, right? Especially with these NBA defenses and how tough NBA players play in a game. I think it'll work better. It'll work to the Celtics. Uh, I guess it'll it'll be, hopefully it'll reward them with how that they play on defense, how Golden State plays on defense, right? Does Steph Curry have the same energy to run around on offense, but then come back on defense and say Tatum is guarding him, right? So I think um I think that's one thing I like to see is I saw Tatum on I saw Steph on Tatum a little bit, like a couple times. And it felt like it was after Tatum had missed a, a bunch of shots and he was a little more passive. Um one of the plays where I I kind of noted this down was Tatum is on the left side. Uh, Curry's on him. It was like an, almost like an isolation, basically. No one was really coming up to help. And he, he makes a couple, he makes a couple post-up dribbles and then passes it out to smart at the three point line. Yeah. And 
I'm like, ooh, I think you you got to take him. Like, I don't know. I don't care really how bad you're shooting. You got to take Steph Curry. Smart is like, I think Smart thought the same thing and was like, nah, you take it. And he passed it back into Tatum. And I thought, oh, okay, now Tatum's going to bring it in. He's going to, he's going to, you know, spin move out of it or just shoot over him, whatever. And he passed it back out to Smart. And then Smart ended up uh, taking a, a sidestep three, which I don't know how it went in, but he wasn't fell an down. One. It. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it was almost an N one, right? But it I was have been I, the dude. Andrew Wiggins literally clipped his arm as yeah. he was in active shooting. But I, I thought more of that on Tatum. I was like, Tatum, <laughs> Steph Curry is guarding you. Steph Curry can't guard you. And I'm sorry. he also had right exactly. So in and he had an ISO on the block, really. Yeah. Like everybody else was stacked on the other side. Exactly. So I'm like, if you got to take advantage, especially when the game is late. If you and Steph Curry's been running around, you know, trying to get his shot going. You got to then take advantage of that on the defensive end. So I'm looking at Tatum to, you know, you know, if he gets on a switch with, with Steph Curry, like rise up and shoot over him or just spin move out. Like he can't guard you. I'm sorry. No, that's not it. So, so take advantage of those plays, right? If you get Jordan pull on you, take him. If you get Steph Curry on you, take him, right? The only person that, I'd be worried about is Draymond and Wiggins to an extent. Where... And Clay and Clay, I'll give Clay, Clay defender props. I'll give Clay defender props. I don't know how good of a defender he is at this moment, coming off the injury. He, I don't know if the the first game that he just didn't look right on both sides, and it was kind of a lackluster overall game, and he's just going to improve. I I, th- I think so. I, I, see... I I'm not going to ca- I'm not going to count Clay out. Well, I see him. I see him. I see him improving on the offensive end for sure. I think his shot just didn't fall. He he was getting looks, right? He hit that first three, and it felt like he was kind of quiet over the rest of the the game. I don't really expect that to happen again, especially if he continues to get open looks. Well, let's well kind of off that and jumping right in, we have Draymond Green releasing a video. Um, it was his game one recap on, mm. on his show uh, about the game, and he talked about a couple different things, and one of the things that he talked about it's weird because again, it's very biased. Like it's his team that he's talking about versus this opponent in the finals. One of the things he said, he's like, "I'm not going to play that bad offensively again." Steph isn't going to. Steph is going to stay hot. Clay will play better. Da 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 da. I, how do you feel about just him kind of like making those comments and and trying to analyze? Like, yeah, I feel like he he has the right to say it. It's his team. I think. It, de- it depends on how you take it as confidence or as, I mean, there's, it's like a confidence mixed with an arrogance a little bit, obviously, because he's talking about a series that is continuing and he's playing in it. And then he is, he, he, he's already given like, you know, media appearances before every game. And uh, he does his podcast and, and he talks more in depth about like how he really feels so it is obviously there's like a pro and a con to it, right? Where you're saying all this out loud. Now it's about executing everything that you said so that you don't, people don't go back to the clip that you've created. Right. So if it, if it'll work out to his favor, if exactly what has happened throughout that whole podcast actually happens in game two and beyond. 
Yeah. Right. Then he'll look like, oh, okay, like Draymond. But he's putting that he's putting that pressure on him and his team, especially in the media outlook and in the fan outlook of now I got no no now I got that you know old takes exposed on you if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, right? Yeah. He was, and especially when you're talking about um, the other team, right? It's one thing to talk about your own team, right? And you can put pressure right. on your own team all you want. You're a championship level team. You know that these guys have won before and you know how they really play and you know them from the locker room standpoint. So that's one thing. But then he made comments about uh, the Celtics in that basically, you know, to paraphrase that he doesn't really trust that Derek White and Al Horford and uh, who did he, he said Derek White, Al Horford and Pritchard. Marcus Smart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said Derek White, Al Horford, Marcus Smart. He said it both in the media, and he also said it on the podcast again, that people are kind of... This is the clip that's been running rampant on Twitter uh-huh. and uh, the interwebs. That, ah, yes. <laughs> the interwebs. The, the, me- the metaverse. <laughs> um, MetaQuest, yeah. But that's the clip, is that he doesn't expect them to shoot well, like, that well from three every game and one one is to say okay yeah do i expect Derek white to make five threes like again i would probably bet against it do i expect could i expect him to make two or three threes i mean the way he's shooting yeah i'll expect three threes fine do i expect al horford to hit his career high playoff high in threes for the third time or break it in six or seven Uh, probably not Right. But do I expect him to hit three or four threes? Yeah, I could do that. Like he's good enough to hit three or four threes. Right. And then with Marcus Smart, right? Will Marcus well, Smart? He, t- he talked about Tatum too, and he's like, he's like, oh, everybody says that Tatum's going to bounce back. He's like, I-, I don't know about that. And I was like, I mean, really, every time Tatum has had a bad game, his next game is a lot better. Yeah. But he does. He does have bad shooting nights. I it sure. is absolutely true, but. He hits the gym. I don't know what he does. He drinks his coffee. He, he eats his Wheaties. And the next game, he comes back, and he doesn't go three for 19. Well, and then my question is, do you really want to play with fire on the Celtics can't shoot threes when they've had three games in this playoff run of 20 or more threes? Right? They've had multiple games of 15 plus. They've had three games of 20 or more. Do you really kind of want to play with fire that they can't do that again? Or you'll willingly stop that. And it's the finals. And it's the finals. And, and you have Steph Curry on offense. and Or Steph Curry on defense. Yeah, and you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on offense, right? Like, so having those guys is a boon to getting the others involved. If they continue to play and drive and pass and kick out and find the open guy, you can't, like, you know what I mean? Like, Jason Tatum requires attention. Jalen Brown requires attention. It requires double teams. It requires people looking at the ball. Are you really saying that you're going to look at Jalen Brown dribbling and you're also going to understand where Peyton Pritchard is at all times? Like you're going to put extra attention on him now? Are you going to put extra attention on um, smart shooting the ball or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, well, one of they're the, going to get open. 
Oh, absolutely. Or yeah, right. The, the role players are going to get open. I mean, one of the plays was Jalen Brown dribbling towards the elbow. I think it was Derek White curled up from the corner to the wing. Mm. Jalen Brown just passed it behind him. Three. Three, right? It's all about the execution. Like, yeah. are you going to force badge? Are you going to force them to not take those shots? Are you trying to expect that they won't make those shots? Those are two different things, Max, right? Are you going to, are you going as a defender, like as a Golden State defender, are you going to say, we are going to try to stop Derek White shooting threes? Or is Draymond getting at, oh, they're just not this good. We'll give them those shots nine times out of 10 and we'll expect them to miss. I mean, I don't know. Like, it feels like it's the second. It feels like he just kind of expects the the role players on this team to miss threes like Grant Williams and Al Horford and and Derek White. I don't know if that's a solid plan or if they have if they have something like where they feel like they're going to make it tougher on those guys. So be it. But now you're you're detracting from the attention put on Brown and Tatum and maybe those guys get it going. Right. So that's how that's how really solid this team is. Right. And well, and look, you even look at the fourth quarter. Right. And everybody has bad quarters and good quarters. But 40 to 16. Yeah. That means that not only were the Celtics hitting everything because of a lack of defense, or they just everybody caught fire. What was it? They hit their first scored. eight threes. That yeah. In the fourth. Yeah. Insane. They started off. They started off seven for seven. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not only that, but you also you only scored sixteen points. And Draymond That's was the like, other "Well, side. well, our offense got a little stagnant, and the easiest one to guard, offense to guard, is one that stands still." And you know, as much as I agree with that take, having watched the game, they were still trying to move. They mm. were still trying to get plays. So I don't necessarily agree with with him be with him attributing that to being the reason that they lost. Yeah. I also I also um, there was a quote he made, or and the Warriors have actually made this, where they felt like they controlled the game for 41 or 42 minutes and that the last seven, eight minutes was what did him in. Right. And I don't believe in that narrative that they controlled the game for 41 minutes. The first quarter, right. Curry went on that like absolute tirade and what were they down four? Celtics were down four. Yeah. And then the second quarter you were the, as the Warriors, you were down four. Right or you were down Curry two. Scored zero points. Yeah, he in, scored. He scored zero. Second. Right. So like the Celtics were up at the half. The third quarter was the I won. I could say that the Warriors Your dominated. Control. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth quarter, the Celtics dominated. So to say that because you had a lead at me- at many points during the game that you dominated all those minutes is a fallacy. I don't believe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a. It's a. It's a fib. It's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. So. But again, that's that's why Shrey, It's so tough, though, because like we love hearing players' perspective mm-hmm. on games, on sports. You know. Again, we're not professionals. It's yeah. cool to hear from the professionals. The JJ Reddick podcast is great. Such mm-hmm. great insights, uh, and his interviews with players are are awesome. Um, but at the same time, it's like if you're talking about your team that is currently playing, it's like that's why I always feel weird when Draymond goes on TNT when it's the middle of the season. I'm like, dude, you you are playing right now. Like it's just your takes based off of this are a little bit 
you know, a little bit skewed, I, I believe. And it's, it's, it's just weird to hear to me. It's well, it's interesting. I do. Okay. So there's a part of me that likes the, the immediacy and like the real reaction of someone in the game that's talking about the game. And like, that's a, that's a, a point of view that doesn't really exist in the media, right? Where they're part of this media circuit or they're a part of um, their own media company, right? Like, like Kevin Durant or something. So Kevin Durant does that too, right? Where he has his podcast and he, you know, talks about the games that are going on and things like that. But Draymond's kind of MO to the media game is how immediate he can create that content. Right. And he's been doing it all year. And he's really, even though that the playoffs, like you would think one person that's playing and is on a team that has championship uh, aspirations would need to focus and kind of, you know, set that stuff to the side before continuing it, right. Finishing off the season. He's actually ratcheted it up in the playoffs where He's talking about every series, every matchup. He's talking about his own games. And there's a part of me that's like, that's that's crazy that like he's able to do that and then play games, right? But right. the other side of it is that now there's bulletin board material. Now, you know what I mean? People listen to it. You're playing against a team that's listening to what you're saying on your podcast, right? And you're saying- Draymond's, how- like, Draymond's like, so the way to beat us is to- <laughs> Uh, always run high pick and rolls, and that's you know we cannot guard that. Uh, but for anyway, real. and the Celtics next game just run high pick and rolls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just, well, you, know. you have you have a podcast where you're saying like, oh no, we'll adjust. We're going to adjust. We're going to do this. Um, well, good. Now, now as your opponent, now I know that you're going to adjust. I'm going to adjust again. Yeah. Well, I mean that's going to happen anyway. So it is interesting. I. I take it from both sides. No, sure, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Remember Brad Stevens? That was he was the king of running the same game plan. Yeah, and sticking with it, and not adjusting. Yeah, which is one thing. Which is okay. And I want to come to this before we before we finish off this uh, game one talk with Udoka, right? Yeah, Udoka in this in this game. So I saw a stat that, and I didn't really realize it in the moment until I look back on it, in that. Peyton Pritchard played like the first eight minutes of the fourth quarter. And Marcus Smart was on the bench until three minutes to go in the quarter. And then he came out and hit those two threes, remember? So yeah. that's a that's something that I I was surprised about because when you when you talk about your crunch time lineup, your fourth quarter lineup, you always expect Marcus Smart to be there, right? But you look at the past couple like crunch time like decisions that Smart has made, right? He shot a lot in the fourth quarter of Game Seven and kind of br- almost single handedly brought Miami back into the game. Uh, and yeah, it felt like Udoka adjusted that lineup, understanding that okay, yeah, we're gonna give up a little bit more on defense, but that we need the offensive spark right now. Down twelve. And so we're going to run with Pritchard and Pritchard hit a big three, right? He was able to, he was able to go in and make a two hit a three. He had a couple points in there that really brought him back into the game. And he, that's something I, I feel like Brad Stevens wouldn't have been able to do. He would have been kind of coerced by smart into saying, no, I'm going to be out there. I need to be out there. And, 
that's a gutsy decision, right? That's defensive player of the year. But he realized that offensively, he needed a spark. He needed threes. He needed spacing. And Pritchard provides that without having the ball in his hands. So uh, yeah, and, and Pritchard assisted Horford on one of his threes in the fourth. Yeah. You know, so, it's so, so exceptional. Yeah. Like that's a Udoka decision that I am behind is understanding who needs to be in the game and when and understanding what like based on the situation, how this person could help over this person. And there's no sacred cows, right? That's that's under that's that's the that's the talent of or just the the um the discipline and, and and the ability to understand your personnel. Yeah, for sure. And put who needs to be on the floor on the floor based off a given situation. If you need defense, if we need a defense, if we needed to maintain a lead and make sure they don't score, then I keep Marcus Smart out there. I keep for Smart sure. Rob, keep Smart Rob Horford, uh, you know, Brown Tatum, Brown and yeah. Tatum. or or Smart uh, White Brown, Smart White uh, Brown Tatum. Horford or something like that. You know what I mean? Like where whatever just, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I definitely give him props. And also I having watched paint, having watched a lot of Celtics games at this point this year. Yeah. Uh, Pritchard really isn't that bad. It's just, he's just small. He, I mean, he's definitely yeah. one of those Jose Alvarado harassers, but if he like gets back down in the paint, there's only so much he can do. Right. Right. So it, I, yeah. it's not like, it's not like, Oh, He's not a liability, be... though. He's exactly. not a Kemba Walker. For He's sure. not a Kemba Walker. For sure. Oh, my God. Remember when we had him? <laughs> it feels like an eon ago. <laughs> it really, Thank God. Like, I mean, we way... traded him. We traded him for Horford. Yeah. That, go. That's going to go down as one of, the, one of the greatest trades of this last 10 years for the Celtics. Yes. Right? Like, you, you, look, at, yes. you look at how that trade affected this team's ceiling like since the the Paul Pierce Garnett trade it seems like the, it seemed like this trade was like a salary dump and they got back a player that really is affecting the game at all levels in the championship series it's kind of crazy it was thought of as a salary dump in that we wouldn't we would guarantee Horford's contract for this year and he'd probably be out by next year now there's like a, a significant possibility that we bring him back at age 36. That's pretty crazy. That's how good he has played for us since coming back this year. And he, uh, he's not playing like he's 36. I'll tell you. And that. how bad Philadelphia is at decision making. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he <sighs> he looked awful in a Sixers jersey, Max. And look how good he looked back in green. He looks That's crazy. Green. He, he looks looked great like he looked like he was the... toast. He came back. Yeah. OKC didn't even play him for half of the year. He looked like his career was over. Yeah. But Brad Stevens said, and Brad Stevens, and I give credit to Brad Stevens too, is that people thought, oh, okay, you just got back Horford, whatever, right? Eh, like, what is he at this point? Knowing that the past two years, he hasn't really done much. That's what it was. But we even said, he said, we'll take Horford over Kemba. For sure. Because it's, it's a net positive because I will take Horford. We literally, oh, this is a quote from one of yeah. our episodes. I will take Horford's put defense that clip in. over, put that clip in. I'll take Horford's defense over Kemba's offense. Yeah. Any day of the week. Yeah. So we knew it was a net positive. But Brad Stevens really, really came out in the media and said, we wanted Horford back. And he really pushed that narrative of no. And Horford he's said it play. was. The, he said it was the happiest day of his life. 
he knew it too. He family. knew he was yep. finally going to get back to where he knew he could be. And he's really proved himself right, the team right, and the organization right too for making that decision. So, well, it's crazy how much better somebody's going to play when you're you're in a in a situation and in a city that you want to be in. Yeah, mm. you know, Demontis Sabonis. Demontis Sabonis will not play as well this year being in Sacramento. Right player. <laughs> I think I think every right player in Sacramento is going to be like that. Buddy Heald will probably have an all-star year. Yeah, Indiana. <laughs> He's gone. He's he finally out. Of free at last. Free at last. <laughs> out of the yeah. purple purgatory. Purple purgatory. Yeah. So before we uh, wrap this episode up, uh, Adam Silver, is this official or is this just he's just pondering it? So it's a ponder, and I'll um, I'll read the quote. He basically told this is before game one. He said he's not against changing the format of the regular season from 82 games. So that's like, you know, a mix of the quote and paraphrasing. And he said that he would he would really consider it if he could, like, you know, get the research and get the understanding that it would have a direct impact on limited limiting injuries, basically. Right. So. I think people have kind of taken that and run with it in that that there's a, a real possibility that Adam Silver is considering based on what he finds out. I feel like it's not going to be in the near future, but maybe in the next couple of years or so, decreasing the number of games from 82, if it had an actual impact on limiting injuries in the NBA. And so that's a, it's a question that I kind of wanted to throw out there to us, Max, and that how would you feel about a shorter NBA season that's not, you know, I guess pandemic related in a sense where it's 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 going to be the new norm. How do you feel about I'm, that? I'm pro. I'm pro shorter season. Okay. And and here's why. There are 82 games for every single team. That's a lot. That is a lot of basketball. On those busy nights, Trey, there's six or seven games that are playing, and, and it's just – I mean, that's a lot of basketball. If we can get even 10 less, if we go to 72, mm. um, you know, it's just like baseball. It's like nobody is watching all 82 games, right? I think that if there is a reduced risk of injury, now you don't have as much load management, um, so it's a little bit easier on the players. You still have a relatively long season, right? And maybe you keep it the same length of time. You just don't have games as frequently. This limits back-to-backs and stuff as well, um, which I think is good. Um, the only downside think taken I would... out. I think they've taken out back-to-backs more or less, haven't they? Like that doesn't really exist in the NBA anymore, does it? There was no. There's still some this year. Okay. No, there was still no. There was still no. No, there's still there still back-to-backs back. this year. I really thought that they took that out. No, thought, uh... no, there was. Um, I had the Celtics schedule up on my fridge. There, there was a lot of back-to-backs. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, they they should probably not do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it's good. I mean, nobody watches all 82 games, and this will create a little bit more ooh and ah and importance on each game, right? I mean, when you're in the playoffs and you only play theoretically seven games, every game is important. Now, instead of playing 82, I'm only playing 72 there's a little bit more uh, uh, weight and gravity on each win or loss, right? I can't just come uh, – I guess it would also limit the ability for teams to kind of like come back. So if the Celtics had a shorter season, they would yeah. be 10 games less and they yeah. won most of them. So 
that could be a downside. The other downside could be increased ticket prices if you're going to the games because there's you know still same demand. Yeah, fewer instances. Fewer games. Ticket, price, ticket prices are still insane anyway. Yeah. Um, um, but I I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Okay, I want to throw out um, kind of a devil's advocate in a sense that what's to say that even if they shorten the season that a team looks at uh, let me let me pick the clippers right you got paul george who's injury prone you got Kawhi leonard who's who's been out for basically a year uh plus at this point he's going to be close to a year and a half to get to the end of the uh, beginning of next season say next season was a 72 game season what's to say that they don't look at some of those games and say, we'd rather give Kawhi Leonard uh, a four-day break than a three-day break with two games in between and have them load manage, continue, can still continue to load manage. Like teams, I feel like, wouldn't look at the amount of breaks, even if the same season season was the same length with limited number of games, and say, oh we got 10 games less. I feel like teams will look at that season and say, Oh, we still have 72 games and load manage to correct for the 82 game schedule. Right. Almost like as if they found the ratio of load management games that they would have done in the 82 game schedule and put it to 72. And so give these players more breaks by still doing that. I feel like, and I saw, I saw Richard Jefferson talk about this is that, the injuries are still going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, like, like making it from 82 to 72 games. You honestly, you're not it in a sense. If an injury happened in the middle of the season, there's real chances that players don't come back until the end of the season. They just don't come back at all because there's not enough games to right. And especially let's say the John Morant injury. Right. Well, 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 but that's what I'm saying, Shari, about keeping the season the same length, just just increasing, like, like you know what I mean? Like, it would still start in October and go to playoffs in April. You know what I mean? Like, that would still be the same. It's just the games would have a little bit more time in between each one. But the player wouldn't have many opportunities. Say it happened in the middle of the season, the player wouldn't have many game opportunities to ramp up. Say they were a playoff team. Before playoffs. Okay. So... Yes, they would have a lot of time to recover, but game action is obviously way different than four on four and five on five at practice or non-contact drills, non-contact wearing the penny and stuff. Right. So, um, guys, don't touch me. (laughs) I'm just getting shots up. I'm here for moral support. (laughs) Please please don't hit me. (laughs) Um, so it is an interesting conversation. Honestly, I'd be I, I would be for a, a slight decrease because 82 is a lot. You're still going to have bad games, too, in the schedule. It's not like with 72 games, they're all going to be great now. They're all going to be blockbuster. Like, you're still going to have Thunder Blazers. Like, it's still going to oh. happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> like, you're going to have the Tank even Bulls. N- not, not even OKC nor Thunder fans are watching that one. <laughs> the or, no, nor, nor Blazers fans. Yeah, yeah, nobody's watching that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's going to happen. I would be sh- I would be for like a five-game decrease. Like a five or six. You know what I mean? Make, to make it even. Maybe like a five or six-game decrease. But, 
I feel like any more or any less wouldn't like wouldn't really change the outcome. And Richard Jefferson said this too on ESPN about that, where he was like, "Do records mean the same now if it's in a seventy-two game season?" Right? Like, oh. is it like do we now change the record books for like since the since the NBA oh, wow. went to a seventy-two game season? That's actually really that's actually really interesting. Right now, you have less opportunity for. Uh, you know, historic scoring titles, historic mm-hmm. assist titles. Mm-hmm. Now you just have less time to play. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, do they matter now? Does and it now, like- now it would be all caveats and stuff. Just like when, oh, this is this after the shot clock era. Yeah, and since the three point line, and this since you know, since uh, charges- it just doesn't sound as good. Yeah, it's always a little asterisk, right? Like since this, since that, so. I don't know. I don't think the problem is obviously I think the problem is with the schedule, the scheduling, not how many games there are, right? Like you're, you're right. That back-to-backs need to be taken out. Like, I don't like, like they just don't help anybody unless there was like some sort of um, delay. Like, like they had to cancel a game for some external factor. A back-to-back shouldn't be a part of the schedule. It's just not, Right, like if someone is injured, they don't have the opportunity to come back the next day. Right, like it's just not gonna work out that way. So, so what about if we keep eighty-two games? What yeah. if instead of starting on like October fifteenth, sixteenth, mm-hmm. we start two weeks earlier, October first? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Spread like you start at the beginning of October. Yeah. Yeah, maybe sometimes you have a one-day break, but again, that'll give you a little bit more room to not have back-to-backs. Like, do you think of the time and the amount of time in the summer? that there is after the basketball season ends, right? Like nothing. Yeah. Like players aren't really playing NBA, like aren't really playing like in action until the preseason, which is like September. Right. So from June, end of June to September there, you don't really see NBA action. Players are kind of working out by themselves. Do they need like, I guess all of that time, could there be a, a summer where could the summers be like June to um maybe like September 15th or September 1st and have the you know the preseason come a little earlier right like there's only there's only so much summer league we can take max there's uh, only so much Las Vegas league and Orlando summer league that we can yeah take, it's max. about it's about one game yeah it's about one game and then I say okay <laughs> so it's like I'm good Are you guys good i'm good i'm, I'm go. good <laughs> i don't even know who these guys are playing anymore <laughs> so bestreef yeah. laqueef who is this <laughs> who <laughs> who who <laughs> 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 so but yeah so yeah i would be in favor of uh more changing up the schedule than limiting the amount of games and actually making it maybe less like if you're uh, you know, on the if you're making a lot of West Coast trips in a certain amount of time, limiting that, right? If you're, you know, making it more even with home home away schedule scheduling, right? Like taking away back to back. There's so much more you can do to limit travel and limit injury uh, concerns and give team players more time to heal if they have an injury, than just limiting the amount of games because an injury can happen whether there's a one game season or an 82 game season yeah yeah and right and i feel like what would the numbers be oh let's see how many injuries occurred within the last 10 games of the season Mm. 
most injuries happen way before that. For sure. Most people yeah. don't get hurt. And yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's an interesting debate and we shall see what happens. Uh, that just about does it for us though today, folks. Uh, this has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.